being, being the knowing. Means being with experience directly as it is without adding anything to it. Without exaggerating, without denying. Just being with the raw dead data of the experience which we receive by our senses. And the whole practice is all about cultivating this uh, ability to be, to stay open, to just stay with the information which comes in and not adding anything on top of it in habitual ways. And as you all know, that's easier said than done. But that's what the whole practice aims towards, is that ability to stay open. The mind, uh, the cognition of an arahant works like that. They're not adding anything in terms of wanting more or not wanting. So whatever information comes in is not referenced back to somebody, to a self. It's just what it is. There's no need to reference it back to somebody who is in relationship to the experience because there's nobody there that has been fully understood. And yesterday I spoke about that when I gave the example of the instruction the Buddha gave to Bahia when he said in the scene only the seen, in the heard, only the heard, in the sensed, only the sensed. Just the utter simplicity of the naked experience without elaboration. That was liberation is all about be able to abide in this way. So that is a true renunciation actually. It's not necessary to let go of things in the material world, but internally to renounce our dependency on those things.
listening to the silence or listening to space is a way to give the mind a pointer how to be open and limitless. And then habitually the mind contracts again around the object. And as soon as we notice it, we just come back to listening. This can give us an experience, a personal experience of a wide open mind. Wide open like the sky and then different objects move through like clouds, moving through the sky, not leaving a trace behind. When they're gone, they're gone. No, no ground to stand on, just open. Familiarizing ourselves with that openness, that's what the practice is all about. And the word bhavana in Bali means actually cultivating or familiarizing ourselves. And in Tibetan the word for meditation, gom is, is the same, also means to familiarize. Getting used to this groundlessness which on the first look it has, it's kind of unpleasant, but we can become familiar, we can make friends with it, because that's the reality. 
and then it starts to change what is first, you know, a perception of like insecurity. Can we can get to know it through and through, and it turns out it's that is what liberation is all about, not knowing. First, all of those habitual patterns, which are part of our inheritance, maybe from other lifetimes, at least from this lifetime, they all get challenged by sitting with a mind like this. <coughs> they all get, they all come, come out from hiding and, and complain. We just have to receive them all. Not push them away. And not making more out of them. Exaggeration and denial. Hopes and fears. Just inviting them in and giving them attention and not, not believing in them but respecting them like visitors who come by for a cup of tea and then move on again. Some of them quite intimidating, some of them very nice, some of them very seductive, all different kinds of characters from the past. There's one of the suttas when the Buddha was sitting under the Bodhi tree in the night of his enlightenment. There's a very beautiful uh, description how you know, he was visited by beautiful dancing girls, the daughters of Mara, and demons were attacking him with weapons and all kinds of things happened and because he was unshaken in sitting there and watching the or the weapons turned into flowers which the demons were hurtling at him
this which looks on the first sight looks intimidating turns into a blessing because it's soil for practice, soil for wisdom and compassion to arise. Doesn't come out of nothing. It needs some material to which we can investigate by paying attention. bearing with the unpleasantness of holding still with the energy which can be triggered through experiences, these emotions and feelings, sensations racing through the body and the mind. And just wanting to can get rid of it and holding steady with it. This creative energy, this very precious energy, that's all we have got. That's the raw material for wisdom and compassion to be distilled through awareness. If we let it out prematurely, we, we deplete ourselves. We have regret, we have remorse, we just keep on reenacting the past. So we can't afford to throw out any of this energy. It needs to be refined and contained and transformed. And then the four Brahma-viharas are a great support in being able to add the right attitude to, to our experience within ourselves and also how we meet others, how we meet the world. like adding a lubricant to the mix which and warmth as well.
like the sharpness and the coolness of wisdom and the warmth and the gentleness of the Vihar, Brahma Viharas. <coughs> Those are the two wings of a bird. One alone is not sufficient to get anywhere. That's why they are the Brahma Viharas are sometimes called the limitless, unlimited, limitless qualities. Because they are inconclusive, they are never finished. They are always appropriated whatever happens. And they are aspects of awareness itself. When we listen, quote unquote, listen to the space, limitless space, which stretches out to the whole universe, which is constantly expanding. This is this vastness which it startles the mind. It's not something we can really perceive, but it's a, it's a pointer kind of a koan, the man just stops. And that moment of stopping, that's a taste. Of a free mind, without any comment on to what is. It's a taste of Nibbana, as some teachers would say.
It's very ordinary, very simple. And then they have pictured it with a momentum in the karmic momentum of the mind again, you know, is starting to search for something to contract around. And as soon as you notice it, you just come back to listening again. And that's the cultivation process. Like if you have a piece of paper which was rolled up, like a map or something, rolled up for many years. If you remove the elastic, it just doesn't stay straight on the table. You kind of flatten it out and it just comes up again. This is how the mat is. You have to keep on flattening it. There's many different methods to wean the mind off from the past conditioning what's nowadays it's speaking about brain plasticity there's a lot of talk about that and science can has proved that within you know meditating for six weeks or so one can already uh, notice the change of the physical brain so it's an incredibly fast results if if we put in the work provided we we take the time and we, we set our priorities right And if we listen to the space in this way, we can contact with a certain vibrancy of this emptiness. It's, it's not a, a lack of anything, it's, it's a fullness of potential. It's creative potential. And we don't know what's going to arise out of this.
it's like I'm stepping back from being completely entranced by form but not, not in a cold way but just through intuitive understanding about what form is It's transience and it's unsatisfactoriness that we can't pin it down as much as we would like to. This is a, a, a knowing which dawns on us through making ourselves familiar with the way things are. It's like a direct transmission which we can you know, allow to happen by attending in the right way. By not denying or exaggerating about what is but just being with it as it is just opening ourselves to let the truth shine forth and dispel the ignorance dispel past ideas about what is or what has to be or should be or has been it's just like I'm making oneself available for clearing out these wrong ideas about reality. It's like a process of renunciation and letting go. And let the simplicity of the direct experience speak for itself. <coughs> Because words can only be pointers when it comes to reality. There's a very beautiful little saying of Rumi saying that, you know, all um, language is like a tailor's shop where nothing really fits. It just almost fits, but not really 100%. There's always a little bit too small or too big or too this or too that. That's what it really is. This is where we can only approximate and kind of, you know, guide the mind towards a direct experience of this uh, truth. And through the repetition of it, the transformation process is nourished and keep going until there's a complete liberation because it's not something we have to create, it's already present. But because our map has been rolled up for so many years in a cupboard, it just can't stay that way. It just comes again and contracting around some familiar object. This is how 
the untrained mind is. But the process itself is, is rather simple. We need a lot of endurance and inspiration and remembering, discipline. But it's not too difficult actually. Theoretically at least. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.